Welcome to the podcast, Why on Earth Would I Gamify My Classroom? This is a podcast for teachers of students in elementary, middle, and high school, and even post-secondary. And there may be some parents and students out there who would like to listen in as well to see what's going on in the world of gamification in education. Thanks for joining us. I'm Michelle Watrin. I'm a grade eight teacher at Claiborne Middle School, and I consider myself so lucky to live and teach in one of the most amazing places on earth. I live and work in the beautiful Abbotsford, British Columbia area in Canada, which is considered part of the traditional and unceded territory of the Stolo people, the Sethmath First Nation, and Matsqui First Nation. I'm grateful to enter this podcast with an open heart and open mind. I hope you enjoyed the first podcast, and it was full of definitions, explanations, and even some examples of what gamification can be in your classroom. In the past, I've wanted to give my students the choice to make a podcast to show their learning, but I've been really gun shy. Now, a few students have already gone ahead and done it on their own and figured it out themselves, which is so impressive, which happens a lot these days, right? When it comes to technology, students know so much. But I really wanted to challenge myself to learn how to podcast so that I could be a better coach to my students in class. But I do appreciate the grace you can give me as I'm still learning. In a few minutes today, we're going to be hearing from Geneva Stanbridge, who teaches elementary students at the virtual school called eBus in Vanderhoof, British Columbia. Geneva and I met at OLTD with Vancouver Island University two years ago. We started a program that would get us closer to our master's, and now she and I are on that last leg of our master's, and she is also working on some gamification with her master's project, and she is looking at gamification at the elementary level, which I think is really interesting, and there's not a whole lot of research on elementary gamification, so we have a lot to talk about later, but at first, I wanted to just kind of jump in and review what gamification in education actually is. Now, essentially, gamification is taking your classroom and turning things you already do into experience points, otherwise known as XP. That's how your students will know it. They've had XP in games like Fortnite and other online games that they've been playing for years at home. As students earn XP for things that you're already doing, like turning in assignments on time, which has always kind of been a problem in my class before gamification. Or maybe you want to go the route of assigning XP for appropriate classroom behavior, cleaning up after lunch, which my room can sometimes be quite a disaster after lunch, or helping each other, uh, being kind to each other, anything like that. That's another route you can go for XP, or you can do a combination of both, where it's academic and behavioral, or just one or the other. But as you get XP, you beat your avatar or your little player on your game gets new privileges as you level up. Now, again, gamification is much different than just playing a review game in class one day or at the end of a unit. Gamification becomes part of your classroom culture. And guess what I found out when I gamified my grade eight classroom last year? It makes class more fun. And isn't that the best thing ever? It's the student's language, so to say, those of them who are gamers and those of them who game a little bit, they will recognize some features in your classroom and enjoy them while they're learning instead of just playing a game where they're killing zombies or 
a space invaders or something like that. But it was fun. We had a lot of good times. They look forward to different things that we did each day for gamification. Now I said each day there, I didn't gamify my classroom every single day, but I did use it several times a week and it became part of our culture for sure. Now, some teachers like myself use platforms to gamify their classroom. I talked about Classcraft last podcast, and it's a fantastic teacher-friendly way to gamify your classroom. There is a lot of front-end loading, but once you get your students going, it just really pays off to let them kind of go out on their quests, which are your units of study, and earn XP as they work their way to the final assessment. Okay, now we're going to turn to our guest, Geneva Stanbridge. I've never met Geneva face-to-face, as we've both been taking our master's degree through Vancouver Island University, and it has been all online. But even though we've never met face-to-face, I've grown to know and appreciate Geneva and everything she brings to online learning. She's been a great classmate. She's taught us all a lot uh, through her experience. She teaches at a school called eBus in Vanderhoof, British Columbia, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that in just a moment here. Geneva, it's so good to have you today. Thanks for coming and agreeing to be on uh, this podcast about gamification. Hey, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. I was really excited uh, when you invited me to be on your podcast. I love that you're doing podcasting. I've always wanted to try it myself, but haven't quite got around to it. So uh, I'm hoping this will inspire me to 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 try it out myself. Isn't that the greatest thing about being a teacher, just learning all this tech stuff as it comes out, or maybe in my case, a few years later? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really nice to to try and learn things and encourage students to use them as well. I always find it's, uh, you don't have to be an expert in it, just give it a try. And uh, often the students will help you out too. So yeah, that's the best. That's the best. And they do know a little bit more than me on more than many occasions. So that's very good. Now let's go back to uh, eBus. Tell us a little bit about eBus and how long you've worked there and things like that. Yeah, so I was uh, a relatively new classroom teacher. Uh, I had only been in the classroom for about five years when I uh, landed at eBus Academy. It's an online K-12 and adult school. So I started there in September of 2004, which means I've been there now for 17 years more than three times as long as I was in the regular classroom. So (laughs) yeah, I I used to teach K to seven when I started, but uh, we've narrowed our focus and now I do grades four to six. Okay. Wow. So what has been the best part about teaching online? I know all of us teachers have had a taste of it after COVID, but you're like, you know, the cream of the crop here. So what's the best part about it? Probably my my favorite part about teaching online is flexibility to really follow your passions and your interests and teach things in a way that that suits you and kind of really get into things that engage students as well. For example, I I love science fiction, fantasy books, uh, Hobbit, Harry Potter, uh, and things like that. I, I couldn't often do those books in the regular classroom because we're in a bit of a conservative area and parents sometimes have problems with sure. with things that are a little more out there. But at eBus, I've been able to do novel studies on all these books. Kids come voluntarily. It's, it's not mandatory to join in on the classes, our virtual classes that we do. Right. So you can really um, go into areas of interest based on student interest and take them along with you on that journey. 
And I do love technology too. I've found I really have a knack for it. Good. I love trying new things. I love trying new programs, using new apps and, and things and encouraging my students to try them as well. And so I never am, I'm never bored. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm fresh and motivated and can share that with my families. That's great. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, one, one thing that I really love about uh, teaching online is that I don't know if it's particular to online everywhere, but in our school, we do family groupings. So we often end up working with students and families over years, not just over one year and then move them on to another teacher. So I have built a lot of really amazing relationships with families over the years, uh, students that I've taught for several years. In fact, I have one family that started with me in 2004 when I started with EBUS, and they've had six kids in that time and have worked. I've had one of their students every year since. Their, wow. Their last little girl is uh, going into grade four this year. So I'll have them for a few more years. And I'm good friends with the mom. I bet. that. So that's just really, uh, really a bonus, like that you get to get these strong relationships that are not just student teacher. They're, they're, they're like family to you. That's really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you stuck with families like that for over the years. At my middle school, we loop grade six and seven. So we get a taste of that. And there are some really positive parts to that. So I totally can see how that's a value for these these families to have someone like you with their their kids for so many years. It is. And I find, you know, you, you'll get a, a family new to online schooling and you have them for that, that one year. And that year is a really steep learning curve. And it's, it's really a deer in the headlights. It takes them a long time to get into the, the routine of things and, and feel their way through so that mm-hmm. get them for another year. They're comfortable with you. They've formed that relationship. They get to have another year or two with you. Um, it really helps things to, to be more positive and meaningful and and move forward when you get to sort of keep on with the same teacher over a few years. That's great. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so what's the flip side of that? What's the hardest part of teaching online? Well, I'd say probably the, the hardest part of online teaching is connecting and building community at a distance. Um, yeah, yeah. When you're in a classroom, everyone's in front of you, you're all along for the ride together and, and whether they want to or not, they're taking in learning around them. You're all moving together forward. Whereas when you're teaching online, everyone's in their own home. They're all sort of doing things at their own pace, uh, in their own timeline. People are often not working on things at the same pace or the same way. You have to really work a lot harder to build that sense of community um, right. at a distance. Yeah, it's definitely something that that you struggle with. No, yeah, that makes sense totally. And I know, as I said before, when we all the teachers were online for COVID, I think that was definitely a struggle for so many of us, right, to have that connection and, and move forward together as a community. So I, I appreciate you saying that. I totally get that. Now let's kind of shift here to Mm -hmm. gamification. That's kind of why we're here today. I know your master's project is based around gamifying. Is it your grade four to six classes? Yeah, grade six sort of, uh, yeah, English and and English and social studies six is what I'm. Okay, so great. Why did you decide to gamify? Great question. So it's funny, because I'm not like a a heavy gamer myself. (laughs) One that my my husband is a World of Warcraft guy. He's been ah. doing it before I met him in 2008. So he's like a gamer gamer. Mm-hmm. I'm 
or um, I, I love puzzles and games. I love my phone apps. I've always loved the Nintendo systems. I've had, you know, I've been using Nintendo from the first version. I have a Switch now. So ah. I, I play at games, but I'm not like a video gamer. Okay. I do know how motivating and engaging games are. I really respond myself really, really well to the badges and the, the levels and the points and leaderboards and all of those things. I have a, a game for my Wii and a game for my Switch. They're fitness games and they mm. badges and points and, and levels and worlds. And uh, so just from my own experience, I know how motivating and engaging that kind of environment is. So I really wanted to bring that to my students as well and see what I could do to help build community and engagement around games that kids are probably already playing. There, there are a lot of kids in elementary are, are pretty up on the recurrent gaming system right. and video games that are out there. And so it's sort of bringing their interests into their learning and kind of pulling them along with elements that they're familiar with and and motivate really well. That's what I'm finding in the middle school too. I can really relate to what you're saying. You know, it's neat to see that at different levels, this gamification idea is is connecting, right? Definitely. Yeah. So tell me more about the elementary level. Like how is it working out for you or how do you want to see it work out? I guess I should say. Yeah, so um, it's it's interesting because a lot of the research I've been doing on gamification has been uh, from secondary or post-secondary perspectives. Right. I've seen a lot out there on elementary. I mean, you can Google it and you can find that there are people using it at elementary, but in the research realm, it doesn't seem to be that well-researched. So I wondered why, because I've worked with elementary for all my teaching career. And I know you can do a lot of things with elementary. You just have to sort of make it more kid friendly. Okay. Uh, students are really becoming more independent as they hit grade five and six. They're just starting to learn how to be learners on their own without right. a parent or a teacher telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. So I find that gamification, or I think that gamification is a way to further that independence growth for them. It's a way to engage them and pull them along on their own. It's something that they can do without their parents um, sort of telling them how or what to do. And quite often our, our elementary kids, even at grade four, five and six level, they're sort of the tech experts in their house. Right. They're helping their parents to figure things out. Like, you know, parents will come to our, our Moodle learning management system and don't have a clue how to navigate, but the kids will go in, they jump in, they, they, click, 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 and, and they're off and running. So that, that's so true here, even with my <laughs> podcast, my, my son, who's going into grade 11, you know, I'm like, how do I mix this with that? And he would, you know, with I, I worked on it for probably 45 minutes, he sits down, two minutes later, boom, boom, you know, done. So I totally get exactly. What you're so I find that that kids are really good at picking up technology quickly and gaming or gamified environments are something they're familiar with mm -hmm. and feel a little bit expert in. And even if they're not gamers or they're not experts in it, they can become so really quickly and kids love to help. They love to instruct and they love to be the expert in the group. Right. And so they help me as a teacher, they help each other and it's one of those community building things that just kind of grows organically, I think. 
yeah, I, I, I think that gamification is a great way to sort of incorporate content and skills and also build community and kind of tie all these things in together in a way that's natural and uh, doesn't feel like uh, it's being forced or that it's, yes. it's some dry curriculum. It's, it's something that can kind of happen as it goes. Awesome. Now, do you think when you're going to maybe incorporate this this coming year, right? You haven't done this yet. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And are you planning to use a tracker or points or badges or what's your spin on it? Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm planning to use uh, a variety of trackers. I was really inspired by uh, uh, Avi Luxemburg, our actor, yeah. a couple times in our, in our OLTD program. He uses trackers really effectively. And so he's sort of my guru and inspiration for this. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I, I found it pers- very personally motivating for myself. So I could only imagine how much that might help with students for their motivation. So I'm planning to use trackers that track time spent on tasks, completion of assignments, time helping each other. They get experience points and they'll be working towards point totals by the month. They'll collect points, badges, other achievements, these trackers, and it'll be a sort of a visual representation of them being able to navigate their learning in personal ways because I want to have them have choice uh, projects and assignments as well, uh, group projects and things like that. So I really want to sort of tie in a lot of elements where they're gaining skills and experiences while working towards a, a tangible goal. That sounds great. Now, it does sound like a lot of front end loading, right? On your part, you're putting it all <laughs> together this summer. We're not taking uh, two months off to sit by the pool here. You're, you're putting no. it all together now, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it, it is a lot of front workloading, um, but I'm hoping the rewards will will more than overwhelm the amount of work that goes into it. I think once you get things rolling, it'll just kind of grow into this thing that'll I, hopefully will be really positive for students. Right. And once you get the system set up, you can tweak it the next year, but it's there, right? You've got it for That's years right. to come. Yeah. And I think so. it's very transferable to like, you know, you can use these trackers in a lot of different areas. It wouldn't, wouldn't be limited to my English social studies hybrid course or whatever. Like you could, you could transplant it and use it in other courses. You could have a tracker in every course if it works. Like it, it's very, very easy to use in a lot of areas. That's great. Will your students have a certain amount of XP points they will earn for different marks? Is it going to be tied to their mark or is it just kind of more of a extrinsic motivation at this point? That's a great question. Um, I'm tying my my experience points to to minutes time spent on task. And, okay. um, and I'm also assigning um, point values or general time spent for, you know, we'll have core quests that they have, mandatory assignments that they have to do. So they'll get a minimum of points for those. But if work longer on them, then they can get more points. But I also um, will have, have it stated right at the outset that the work that they submit has to sort of meet a, a standard to be accepted as complete. But it really really puts the ball on the student's court that, you know, they'll send, submit something. And if it's not quite up to snuff, well, I'll send it back to them with suggestions and they can redo or tweak. And then that's more time spent so they can collect more points. So it sort of incentivizes actually taking feedback and using it and doing rewrites or mm-hmm. 
bettering your work because it gives you more points. It, it sort of helps you to get your skills better. So I, I hope that it all sort of ties in to, to motivate them to want to do good work right from the start as well. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I like that, you know, when a student turns a assignment of some sort into you, it's not a done deal. You know, I think the real learning goes on when they go back and rework something or, or maybe looks, look at, at another angle or something like that. So I think this Absolutely. is cool to give that opportunity. That's really, really neat. Now, uh, what do you think the parent buy-in will be? Do you think that they have a role to play here? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially with online learning, because when you're working with elementary students online, you're working as much with the parent as with the, with the kid. So parent buy-in will be really important because they're the ones that will be managing it at home and sort of keeping tabs on things. I'm hoping that students will sort of become more independent and, and do things more on their own, but it won't come naturally to a lot of them. And it's some of them just aren't ready to be that independent. So definitely we'll have to get a lot of parent buy-in. Um, I'm hoping to really pull them in with the narrative aspect of things that I'm doing. I'm, I'm planning to build a storyline around the course that I'm building and have a, a storyline that kids and parents will follow and that they can kind of see how it takes them through and will, you know, they're working towards completing that storyline with okay, their yeah that's really cool and I know you and I both were introduced to that from Avi Luxembourg again <laughs> yes. from our from our uh, Vancouver Island University time together um it was so fun I I'm just gonna yes, take a minute to explain Avi had three um alter egos I guess you'd say and he made this whole narration throughout our course so as you work through the quest you got a little bit more of the story and these three yes. alter egos were awesome, right? There was a no they v, were. a yes v, and an avi, right? So the no That's v was right. always negative, negative, negative. Yes v was like that super positive person, and avi was kind of in the middle somewhere, right? That's right. Yeah. Are you yeah. doing something and like it, that, just, or something kind of different? I just found that so it was just it was so motivating and so absolutely. You, you got pulled right in and you wanted to see where where it would go and you wanted to know what this character would say when this happened and yeah. <laughs> that was really inspiring for me to want to build that into my my project to have a narrative element because I just I just could see how for myself how how much it pulled me in and I hope that that would do the same for for students and their parents too yeah yeah I I enjoyed it too it was so fun and like you said when when I started to maybe read an assignment, I'd be like, oh, nobody will say this. Nobody will say this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yes. He, he'll do. He'll be so excited. Right. And it was just yeah. so cool when he when he pulled that all together. So that's that's, really, right. that's neat. I think your students are going to enjoy that a lot. Is it hard to do? Is it hard to build that narrative? Um, Not not really. I'm I've always been a, a heavy book reader and I, I've written a lot. I, so the writing and, and, and building the narrative comes easy to me. What's hard for me is actually the prep and getting up to that point. Yeah. Organizing things, planning ahead. I'm, I'm kind of more of a jump in and do it person. So <laughs> kind of building up the base to have the foundation you need is, is where I struggle. So <laughs> right. right. Once I get there, that'll be the fun part, but it's getting there. That's, that's the, uh, 
more challenging for me, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot to build. You do. It sounds like you're doing an awesome job. So it's a lot to build. <laughs> now, what would you suggest to teachers out there listening who may want to give gamification a try, but they're not quite at your level of, you know, totally revamping their entire course and narration and stuff like that? What do you think would be a good suggestion? Well, my f- first suggestion would definitely be to start small. Try one little thing. You don't have to do an overhaul. You don't have to change everything you do, but try one thing and do it really well. Um, and don't be afraid to, to start as a, as a newbie. Don't, you know, don't worry if you're not the expert in it because there is a whole community of people out there that are willing to jump in and help. You can find them on online. Uh, there's teachers, there's experts, tech experts that, I mean, there's videos, there's mm-hmm. so much help out there and people are just dying to help you with it. They want to share. So figure it out, use videos, use other people, and don't be afraid to ask students for help either. They love mm-hmm. to share. They love to be the experts. They love when they're helping you and they know that they know more than you, <laughs> that that's just something that the, the teacher comes out in them. And when you, te- yeah. you know that when we all know that when we teach, we learn more too. So absolutely them to become better at it. And, and it they- empowers them, don't you think? It does. It really does. It, it brings them into the whole learning process as, as a colleague, not just, uh, you know, you're the, the teacher and you're dribbling information to them. They're, they're part of the, part of the part of the process yeah yes exactly and i think that goes back to james paul gee and his 16 principles for game-based learning the student needs to feel ownership uh, part of the building yes. process right so that's, that's a great right. way to fit that in i like that really good well geneva thank you so much for all of these insights on gamification at the elementary level i know our listeners have learned a lot from you and this has been a really valuable time I can't thank you enough for taking that time for us. And so thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and discuss gamification with you. It's been a blast and I look forward to seeing how it all comes together. Yeah, me too. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Geneva. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that wraps it up for today and for our podcast on why on earth would I gamify my classroom? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Watrin, and be sure to do the best thing you can as a teacher, and that is take care of yourself. Bye for now.